The galaxy is burning. Brother fights brother, and treason splits the Imperium of Man. This is the Horus Heresy. Whether you're a warrior of the Legionis Astartes, an adherent of the Mechanicum, or a brave mortal in a galaxy of madness, you'll find a home here. Welcome to the Remembrancer's Retreat, coming to you from within the depths of the Vengeful Spirit. did it so you intentionally mishap then but with something with internal or inertial guidance system then it is semantics yes right on what's going on everybody hey 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 (laughs) but yeah what i would like to do is i'd like to get a termite with iron hand veterans and then the dread claw that i currently have with the mordathan and both of those guys come in turn one to do some damage oh that's yeah that's that's efficiency right there, man, because then you're not having to do the three for two thing, right? Yeah, you just do two for two. Both get them in on the turn one. Yeah, I like it. Peeps and rum, actually a pretty good combination. Peeps and rum. No way, man. No way. Is that what we're going to do to start this <laughs> off? What's everyone drinking? Yep. Hello like and welcome it. to the Remembrances Retreat. My name is Jesse. We got Will, Dave, and I think Jason, and special guest Dave Sampson from Black Label Painting. What's going on, guys? Hey, everybody. I just cold open right there. Wasn't Very good. Um, <laughs> well, I'm drinking water because I'm not feeling well today. Well, you sound great. Well, thank you. Yeah, and my voice isn't uh, sick. I am. So I've got a little uh, Russell's Reserve Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey Single Barrel. Sipping on that, man. It's pretty fucking good. I, uh... Took a little trip down to um, Louisville this weekend. Not this weekend, because that would have been crazy. I was about to say. Last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, you know, 18 hours there and yeah. back. No worries. No big deal. Yeah, I don't have any problems. Um, yeah. No, so last weekend I met up with a buddy of mine, and uh, we did the Bourbon Trail. Not all of it, because that would have been crazy. But, uh, yeah, Dave, I was in your neck of the woods, man. Nashville? Uh, no, a little, little bit further west maybe kentucky a oh, fuck i don't know geography <laughs> yeah it's if you were in louisville then you were like north north yeah it's away from nashville it is um and scott scott Schweitzer's uh neck of the woods that's where scott from uh oh rfi i should have met up with scott god damn it anyway no we had a good time man we uh we went to some distilleries and got to see how like you know corn mash turns into fucking really expensive bourbon and we drank a lot of bourbon and i brought some back and uh it's a good time i listened to crimson king uh on audio like during the entire drive so that was a that was kind of a trippy experience nice which one is crimson king is crimson king the book about him as a primarch no yeah is it i thought it was the one that just came out recently I know there it, was. It, it's not part of the Primarchs series, right? Or is it? Or is it? No, it's not. So it's the one that comes out. It, it just came out. Graham McNeil. Um, it came out. It's the one that picks up after um, whatever the fucking burning of Prospero, right? Jason, uh, is that correct? Yeah, uh, the one in the Primarch series is called Master of Prospero. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So anyway, I was I was listening to this audiobook driving out to uh, Louisville, which is like I don't know nine hour drive from where I am, and I was like, 
So I started listening to this audiobook because Jason was like, this will fucking change your life, man. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was like, right on, uh, you know, I, I check this out. And uh, sure as shit, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm like texting Jason as I'm driving probably like 90 miles an hour through the fucking mountain roads of West Virginia. Like, Stacey, holy shit. First point of priority here. <laughs> but yeah. Well, maybe a second. No, it was awesome. It was, uh, it, it literally was an amazing journey into um, the mind of, of Graham McNeil and everything. He just connects all the dots, man. He's such a, like, he's such a powerful writer. Um, and uh, I just, I, I really enjoyed it. Highly recommend it. I don't want to spoil it because if you haven't read Crimson King, it is fucking life-changing event. I think Jason <laughs> would agree with me. Um, real quick, David, do we find out that Magnus actually did do something wrong, or is it still I mean, like he's still a giant toolbox? But you at least understand like why he does some of the things he does. Well, yeah, I, can't even I like it. that question. Yeah, like it's it's uh, it, it, I can't I can't even answer that question without spoiling it because <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I'm just gonna leave it alone, man. One word, people: hubris. <laughs> Oh man! Every time I hear that word now, I think of that. Um, gosh, the uh, the Titan. Uh, oh, from Grandmaster Boldus. Yeah, every time that is such like a powerful saying or whatever. Like, right? damn, it it applies to every one of these dudes. Right. It's funny. Like, I don't think I've heard that word hubris any more than I have since listening to Horace Harris. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's like one of those buzzwords that you can fill out in a little bingo of Horace Heresy. Hubris could be right in the middle, honestly. Yeah, it, our next, uh, uh, not bingo, but uh, um, what is our lore thing we do on Christmas? Oh, trivia. Yeah, trivia. One of them, the answer needs to be hubris, and basically, you can just answer all of them as hubris. I'll take Just a whole category. A whole category. Good call. <laughs> this asshole did this because of his hubris. There you go. Yeah. But I mean, they're um, fucking Primarchs, dude. I mean, yeah. like, you don't create a Primarch that doesn't have hubris. You're like, I'm going to create a Primarch that's going to, like, you know, hang out in the back and, um, you know, raise his hand to ask a question. Like, they're fucking, they were created to lead humanity on a galactic conquest, dude. Like, if that, if that doesn't imply hubris, like, I don't know what else does. Yeah, so, you don't want to bait a male uh, Primarch, for sure. Yeah. Well, who was probably the most humble Primarch then? Uh, Ferris Manus, for sure. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> Maybe Vulcan? Alpharius. I think Vulcan, probably. He was probably the most, like, I'm a Primarch, but it's no big deal, guys. I'm a normal person, just like you. He didn't flex a lot in front of his The people's Astartes. Primarch. Yeah, the people's... Well, I think Gilliman would get that title. Yeah. More like... Uh, <laughs> Vulcan would get uh, the workers' Primark. But that makes him sound yeah. a little communist, so I don't know about that. <laughs> Probably, uh, you know, judge's choice. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Best in show, Vulcan. But yeah, I mean, he encouraged his, his, his men to do things with the people and lead the people in their day-to-day -day life and that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Family first kind of guy. <laughs> Core American values, Vulcan. Be my guy. Yeah. But uh, then he, you know, fucking went down to McCrag like an asteroid and uh, <laughs> lost his mind. So, you know. 
but was still a badass. Still yeah, beat the I shit out of Vulcan. In uh, in old Earth, it's on the cover art. It's got him in it. I haven't read it yet, but I think he makes an appearance, guys. Spoiler what? alert. What? You mean Vulcan lives? <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe. <laughs> oh, oh. What are some other? It's also a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of that shit. Hey, like, Robbie. Oh yeah. Hey, what's up? By the way. <laughs> so wait, so does he have his hammer in? Um, I can't remember. Does he have his hammer in uh, Imperium Segundus? No, that's not the name of the book. Unremembered Empire? He does not. Yeah, he does not. Okay. Nah, he fucking falls from the atmosphere, and yeah, he doesn't. He didn't come with his hammer. Basically just a charred corpse that nobody could recognize. (laughs) Yeah. It was pretty badass. I I just listened to that a week and a half ago. Really good read or listen to, excuse me. It is. It is a good read. I or I agree. Uh, definitely kind of ties in a lot of plot lines. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. So to sum it up, I think Vulcan has the least amount of hubris. But uh, guys, I think we need to get into this. What has everybody right. been doing? Well, I haven't been doing much. <laughs> wait, wait, working those long weeks, right? Start yeah. just- but um, let's see. What have I been doing? I, I don't know. At home, I've just been browsing like different apps and things. I found this one cool one, and I have to find the name of it. It's for Android. I just found it today, actually. Is it Tinder? <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of fish. Ooh, no, 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 no. Let's see. I got it pulled up right here. Pocket Campaigns is a really cool app. It's all free. And it's mostly for RPGs, but I'm using it to use for my Dark Angels fluff that I build for my army. It's basically, the idea is you make a deck for your campaign. The deck has people, places, and things. And you can add tags to those people, places, and things. You can add stories, notes, pictures. And uh, you can use that to collect fluffer campaign but i'm using it for my dark angels army adding like special characters or my battle fleet gothic ships and just adding fluff to them and it's really cool so i have little pictures of my models with their names and a little bit of fluff and it's actually really helping me i just used it for a few hours today and i'm having a blast yeah i saw the uh pictures you sent they looked really cool dude like how you're able to have a picture of the model and then I, I don't know if there's a cap on the description or the, the fluff you put behind it, but you're able to put like what fleet it's a part of, um, what its obvious name is, and any other information you want. It looked really cool, especially for this secret project we're doing where we're going to need to accumulate all that stuff. An app like that could come in handy. Yeah. No, I think it's going to be good. And like I said, you could share and you can import these cards with fluff. And yeah. It's a really useful tool. So if you're use if you're playing like a Warhammer RPG, or you just like to dick around with RPGs in general, yeah, try this out. It's uh, called Pocket Campaigns. It's for Android. I don't know if it's for iOS. I don't think so, but definitely worth a look. Completely free, no ads or anything. It's pretty impressive. There's got to be an iOS version for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, hopefully. But yeah, very cool. Anything else then? Uh, not really. Just watching you guys play stuff as I'm working my 12-hour shifts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Good times. So, you know, once all that's over, probably a decent Forge World buy will be in the will be in the works. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Definitely. Did buy some Cromlech uh, and uh, Anvil Industries stuff. Little random oh, yeah. bits here and there. Really cool bits vendors, those guys. Um, dang, we got to get Mike on so he can talk about the bits that he got for his White Scars. Yes. You guys saw those, right? I did. Yeah. they are. I don't know where he's got his bits from, but uh, they're amazing. But, uh, David, what have you been up to, man? He's trying to recuperate from Adepticon, honestly. And now I, now that I'm kind of half-assed done that, I've been, uh, next build's going to be for my personal army. And what's or, that? Go back with Mechanicum again, because I think I'm, I think I'm going to be bringing Mechanicum to Nova and, uh, Heresy Camp. Very cool. Oh, Dave's coming to Nova! And Heresy what? Camp. Man, you trooper. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's dedication to the game, my man. Yeah, it's... I told myself, I, I like, this year I was going to go to Nova. I'm like, I'm going to Nova. I've been talking about going to Nova for years. And then, then they dropped Heresy Camp, and I was like, going to have to do both. <laughs> <laughs> but That's luckily, awesome. luckily, right now, flights from Nashville to, to uh, the hotel is only like $247 right now, round trip. I was like, oh, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, that's that no bad at all. Nice. I read somewhere today uh, on Stop Clickbaiting that um, – 70 days out is when you should buy a ticket. So, listeners, if you're looking to travel, eh, 70 days out, maybe. Give it a yeah, shot. Yeah, I'm not buying a ticket to Germany 70 days out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cutting it way <laughs> I ain't doing that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, had a, I had a thought where I was going to build either Salamanders or Night Lords. It's, I, it's been a while since I've, I've built a Mechanicum army, so I'm going to revisit my Mechanicum uh, and go full hog into that. Nice. Very good choice, my man. <laughs> what uh, what flavor, Dave? Do you think uh, you're gonna go? God, it's so hard to it, it, it's so hard to pick. I know my first purchase is gonna be a Thanatar, and just go from there. Yeah, there you go. Can't go wrong with that. I I, I painted uh, a Thanatar for the Nova Open Charity thing last year. Man, just painting that that scheme uh, that, that the Mark Mark Rally you know gave me all the uh, the tips and tricks on how to do entire army like this. That was such a gorgeous charity army. I fucking spent so much money trying to win that army, dude. <laughs> Whoever won it was really lucky, man. That was a very beautiful army. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I know I bought a few tickets to that. Sad I didn't win, but honestly, it was... <laughs> Are they doing that again this year, Dave? Do you know? I haven't got an email yet asking me to, to, do, a, uh, to do a unit. Uh, so I, I'm sure they probably will. I just I can't confirm it right now. Right on. Right on. Gotcha. I'm sure guys. Real quick, I don't want to derail the what you've been up to. Hang um, on. Will's derailing everybody. All right, everybody, brace for impact here. I'm about to drop a thought bomb on everybody. Okay, <laughs> bombs away. Is the Sokar pattern Stormbird really worth the extra money over a Thunderhawk gunship? Like, I mean, pound for pound of resin, is it that much bigger? I've seen a Sokar pattern in real life. I've never seen a Thunderhawk in real life. Is why I ask. But it's it's a lot more money. There was a Thunderhawk at the Big Blam, wasn't it? Or was it a Sokar? I that was Sokar, yeah. Okay. And that thing took up a two-by-two two by itself. Yes, it did. It was pretty damn impressive. I, To be honest, I don't think I've ever seen a Thunderhawk in person myself. Neither have Maybe I. they're just like I'm unicorns just, and you just hear about them. I'm just them window shopping, so, you know, oh, pay no cool. attention to me. Look at it like you can either buy a Camaro or you can buy a Ferrari. <laughs> okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Ferrari because it's a damn Ferrari. <laughs> That's kind of like what it, what I feel like it boils down to. The Thunderhawks are cool. I've I've done a couple of them. They're they're decent sized models. They got some, but you can you can park a Thunderhawk almost inside of a Stormbird. 
that's what I feel like, right? I feel like the, the Stormbird, just basing it off the cockpit, if you look at the size, they have roughly the same kind of cockpit-looking thing. Yeah. The Thunderhawks is tiny compared to the well, Sokar pattern. Well, you did hear about ah. the news today, right? What's that? They're giving away Thunderhawks? No, no, no. They're actually making the plastic Thunderhawk. Holy shit. Yep. That is coming such bullshit. Coming out Come in August. Plastic <laughs> Thunderhawk. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't say it with a straight face. Happy April Fool's, everybody. And Easter. Yeah. 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 Perfect. So, um, I can see the Thunderhawk being the purchase over the Sokar, and the same reason you would buy a Warhound over a Reaver. Because you can afford it? Well, you can play it in an actual game. At 3,000 points, you can bring a Thunderhawk. At 3,000 points, you can't bring the the Sokar. That is a very good point. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. One thing I've always had an issue with with the Thunderhawk and the Sokar is the fact that it just stays there. Have you ever seen anyone put it on a flying base and move it around the, the damn map? Yeah, one guy actually put it up on his shoulder and was making playing noises with it. like, <laughs> And then subsequently dropped it. And, oh, uh, Jesus Christ. He please. left immediately. He I'm left. He just left. Please tell me that's April. Yes, of course. What? Okay. Nobody like just that. leaves a $600 broken, even if it is no, broken. You're not going to leave a $600 model. So yeah, it's like model. $900. <laughs> almost $1,100 right now with exchange. Jeez. Yeah, well, one, one thing I'll add is Oddler's perspective. If you're looking for a kit that you can really spend time on and really get into and really enjoy, but the Stormbird has such a way more detailed and blown out interior anyhow. But, but for a modeling stand, standpoint, there's just so much more you can work on. Now, granted, is it worth double the cost? Because I think a Storm- the Thunderhawk's like, what, 500-something? Uh, 450 Not sure. pounds. I'm going to pull up Forge World here. And then the Sokar is 775 pounds. That's why I asked, because there is so such a huge... Like expert. You know. Uh, that, if, if you can swing it, and if you're into it for the modeling aspect, personally, I would go for the Sokar. Either one of them, you're going you're gonna to really play in game much. I mean, it's going to be one of those models that you just buy and, 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 and hangs out on the shelf. Yeah, you, you got a valid point. You can play it in 3,000 points. What does the points cost when you add that, that turbo laser? Did that, does that kick it up and over? Oh, dude, if you add like your standard kit that you would put on a Thunderhawk, it gets almost 1,000 points. Yeah, if you add anything to the Thunderhawk, you're going to kick it up over the points where you can play at... Uh, what twenty five percent Lord of War? Yeah, yeah. But like so, void crafted hull and flare shield armored cockpit, all that other stuff. Yeah, that puts it well near a thousand points. Yep. So the Sokar is seven hundred and seventy five Great British pounds as of this moment, which currently, if you calculate, is one thousand eighty seven U.S. dollars. But hey, at least you get expedited shipping. For free, too. Yeah, free shipping. Free expedited shipping. Ooh. All right. Enough with that derail. I'm sorry, Dave. Continue with what you were saying. Doing some hobby. That's right. It was Nova. We were talking about Nova. No unit yeah. at this point. But I'm sure there will be in the future here. Looking forward to it. Dave, you just you, you fucking went all out on your Imperial Fist Army for Adepticon. I can't. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, awesome. I put my kind of heart and soul into that Joker. It's... It's it was a project that I I had issues with painting yellow before. And painting yellow like anyone else was like the hell with that. And then I finally got to the point where I was like, you know what? I just picked up 
like 40 Mark III, Forge World Mark III Marines. I got them from a really smoking good deal from a buddy of mine. Nice. And and I was like, you know what? The only real way to paint these is yellow because I'm going to just force myself to figure it out. So that that's kind of why I delved into it. And then uh, next thing you know, it was just a giant snowball. So what was your Here, secret I, you know, sauce for the yellow, if you don't mind me asking? Sauce for the yellow is all MIG, MIG paints. Nice. I started off with a MIG medium medium rust with a, a uh, light rust, and then I did a final highlight in spots of just of, it's just yellow. And again, these are all MIG paints that I used. Gotcha. And then I, I took AK Interactive Streaking Grime, just put Streaking Grime on them, and just uh, just wiped it off and left it all in the recesses. Very cool. That's pretty much all the that's all it was to painting them. Good stuff, just like that. That's awesome. Now, did you end up parting with this army? did i actually did uh sell the army it all went to uh, a gentleman close to y'all so you guys will be seeing it yeah more. we've talked to him yeah definitely he's also the, i believe the same guy who bought brian's black shields is that correct david i believe we're speaking of the same person my my theory is that this guy is like secretly batman um <laughs> and uh, i just just want to um, no, he's awesome. John, uh, John is going to come down for the, uh, Ariana Forge, um, battle in, in June. And, uh, we're going to get a chance to, uh, yeah, we'll corner him. We'll corner him maybe after the game and, uh, have a couple drinks and see, uh, what the fuck he's doing with like all these armies, man. <laughs> yep. Maybe I'll awesome. bring my, uh, mic and iPad and we could just do a impromptu yeah. recording. Yeah. Great thing about John is you guys don't realize he's kind of like a little hidden gem for you guys up there because he's, I asked him and he said, he's just doing this to, to help further the hobby. Like he, he's going to be super awesome to have close to y'all. So he's like a showcase right, basically. A play, if a anyone wants to play, if anyone wants to play, Hey, grab an army. Let's do this. Let's play. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. He straight up was like, when yeah. I was uh, approaching him about the Ariana forge battle, the second battle for Ariana forge, he was like, He's like, even if I can't make it, if anyone wants to borrow my Titans, he's like, I'll drive them down so they can play. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? Super. What? I have a Warlord here I'm trying to finish up for that. Yeah. Oh, I've got actually two Warlords, the one that he bought for me, and then I have another one I'm painting for him. So at least two of his Warlords, if not three of his Warlords, will be there. I'm, su- I'm so no, excited. No big deal. No big deal. Awesome. It's, it's good, good stuff. Amazing. But but he's it, it it's really cool the way his his attitude about it is you know I'm he he flew into Adepticon and played and played like one day and was just super cool man he's a really awesome guy he is he is he he is and he um I mean he just he's so into the hobby right like he flew out to the weekender um, when they were doing the weekender in Nottingham and I mean like um I mean I don't know John very well but I, I do think that he's the guy that like everyone wishes they could be right like they just they just wish they could fucking be that deep into the hobby you're like yeah man uh, I'm gonna fly out to Nottingham this weekend because like some really fucking cool people are gonna be there and you know Dan Abnett and and, and Graham McNeil I, I just want to listen to what they have to say and then I'm gonna fly back and buy a fucking Warlord Titan from Dave Samson and play at Adepticon like who the who the fuck are you John. <laughs> Who are you, dude? Are you Batman? Tell us yeah. now, for real. Uh, you, have, you have to take that out of him. That, I'll definitely listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> In a nutshell, he's just some what I've gathered from just from meeting him at Adepticon. He's just a really cool guy who really likes the hobby and is really ham, if you would, into the hobby. 
And if that means him buying armories for other people to play, then so be it. Yeah. Good stuff. Absolutely. Um, let's keep moving. Yep. David, <laughs> what have you been up to, man? So I've been uh, obviously um, partaking in some choice uh, beverages, and the, the bourbon is very good. It, it's been... Um, it's been a good week, man. I haven't gotten a lot of like uh, games in just because uh, life and uh, we've been sort of moving furniture around the house. We're turning my house from a like a three bedroom house into a five bedroom house, uh, which is always a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, not uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I feel you'd rather prefer the Warlord Titan. Exactly. Yeah. No, I know. Right. Every time a new thing goes up or like, you you know, you put some new money here, but like, it's all good, man. It's going to be, uh, it's going to pay off in the long run. Um, I've been, I have been playing a lot of Legos. I don't know if that counts. Will playing Legos, like the, the video game Legos or playing with Legos. No, like, like playing games with Legos. Um, I will say, <laughs> sorry to interrupt. I will say when you get to the point that you've played Warhammer so much and you look at Legos and like, oh, wow, Millennium Falcon is only like 120 bucks. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, my God, the Millennium Falcon is only 120 or The Millennium Falcon is 120 bucks. I will never buy that. I will never get there. And then you're looking at it, I was like, shit, I, I Burning the Prospero was like 150 Shit. <laughs> yeah, puts uh, things into like perspective, right? You're like, a oh, maybe, maybe this hobby I have is like, way detrimental to my wallet i don't i don't know <laughs> true story well i'm sorry dave continue Play no man it's all good so so my uh my son max is uh he's almost four and um that's what we do we play legos man and it's 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 awesome so he has uh he has like a whole lego set they're called uh chimas right so they're like oh yeah little i don't know if you guys yeah foxy probably things know. Yeah, they're like anthropomorphized animals, right? So it's this whole fucking fantasy world, right? But he's like super cool about it. He's like, Dad, he's like, we're going to play Chimas, right? And I'm like, okay, buddy. And he's like, you're going to play the ice guys. And I was like, okay. And he was like, who are you going to play? I'm going to play the good guys. I was like, all right. Fist bump, right? Nice. Steal the initiative. Yeah, and it's like, exactly, (laughs) right? This is how it starts, man. And... uh yeah, it's just awesome. So we've been playing a lot of Legos, um, you know, kind of setting the uh, setting the foundation um, for start uh, making a game with them with some dice, maybe. Yeah, we maybe maybe start bringing some dice in. I think that would be cool. I think that would definitely be cool. You know, help with the numbers. There's so many things you can do, man. Like dice, definitely cool for numbers. Dice are definitely cool for like fairness, right? Teaching yeah. like like you don't just get to pick one thing that never dies, right? That's right. Um, <laughs> Uh, unless you're a custodian's yeah. player. Oh yeah, unless you're a custodian. God damn player. it! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I kid, I kid. I don't give a shit. But yeah, no. I've. Uh, I mean, in terms of the hobby, man, I've just been uh, deep in the lore. I've been uh, been reading a lot. Uh, Crimson Crimson King was was awesome. I read that one short that came in the Black Black Library Celebration, The Last Son of Prospero. I think was that it. You know, I have that book, and I haven't even li- looked at it yet. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think. Oh yeah, so they 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 work very nicely together. So if you read the Crimson King, or you listen to the Crimson King, and then you read the Last Son of Prospero, it sort of ties everything up very nicely. Um, 
good it's it's a good uh segue to path to heaven so sort of path to heaven is where we sort of left off i think that was the white um, scars book right? yeah it was white scars novel but it featured you know an interaction with magnus oh, okay um and uh yeah so just deep in the lore man and then you know jason um you know jason hits me up every couple of days and he's like dude check this shit out that i found in the black books page 98 to 104 and i'm just like <laughs> fuck man i was like this is amazing you know and uh jason is is uh he's our heresy grad school expert right so he just keeps me on my toes man he keeps me in the literature and uh keeps me doing my thing and it's awesome good stuff Speaking of Jason, what have you been up to, man? Oh, let me see here. Uh, well, first off, I'm glad to be back on. Just glad getting to have over. You back. Yeah, uh, just getting over this cold, so I finally lost that pack a day smoker's rasp. <laughs> uh, so yeah, good to be able to talk for longer than uh, ten minutes at a stretch without uh, sounding like I'm swallowing glass. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So Dave and I have been talking back and forth for. Uh, quite a while now like uh like you said crimson king is such a huge dive into connecting so many dots i love how graham mcneil writes and whenever he writes it's like a uh, hey you guys remember the uh, last half dozen books i wrote here's how this one connects to every single one of those <laughs> and i love that about how he writes and it constantly keeps me like dave said it keeps me on my toes looking for like all the connections and how stuff comes back to meet up with one another. Cause what's pretty fascinating is during there's this little offhanded comment by Araman where uh, he gets a vision of like an Eagle and a mountain. And it's just like less than 30 seconds in the audiobook, but he's like, huh, Eagle mountain. What could that be? I'm sure it's some sort of metaphor. Uh, Arvita. Who knows? I don't know an Arvita. And like Dave was mentioning before, Last Son of Prospero, that's the Thousand Son that meets up with the White Scars to, like, you know, hang out and be a quote-unquote, you know, loyalist. Huh. Dude, I never got that until you just said that right now, man. <laughs> yeah. Fucking amazing. See, that's why you are the professor, dude. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, but uh, Araman straight up uh, name drops Arvita and then, you know, leads in the Last Son of Prospero. It's good stuff. But uh, let's see here. Uh, Hobby-wise, I am currently slowly uh, meandering my way through painting a fire raptor for my Thousand Sons. Yeah. And uh, I'm also, I figured out a couple days ago that uh, you guys remember those old school uh, Tempest land speeders with the armored cockpit? Yes. Well, I'm a huge fan of those. Uh, not least of which because since you don't have to paint like two marines inside they paint way quicker than a javelin attack speeder oh for so sure. yeah so i've snapped up a half a dozen of them for my uh, thousand sons and i'm using them for javelins uh i'm just getting uh about halfway through the very first one kind of trying out new colors to see how it looks but that's going pretty pretty well so far it gives me a break from the fire raptor cool stuff so how do you like those javelins or um Storm Tempest? Tempest. Yeah, the Tempest, the ones with the little armored cockpits. I like them way, way better. Because to me, a land speeder with dudes just sitting in it is just as dumb as a Marine without a helmet. <laughs> I mean, 
you have the most advanced armor and war gear like the galaxy has ever produced, but you're not going to wear a hat, so you can just get shot in the head. <laughs> well, if you're wearing the most advanced armor, why would you need a cockpit that has a cover on it? Because you don't <laughs> want to get a LAS cannon in the face. <laughs> or, or, hey man, that steering wheel's probably just made out of like aluminum or something. What if that gets damaged, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Not a good deal either way. You put a, you wear a helmet, you armor your cockpit, you don't just let shit hang out. So Jason, how do you feel about the new speeder coming out with then? <laughs> uh, the one that's essentially like a flying couch? A flying 2x4 with yeah. rocket strapped to the side. <laughs> it legit looks like somebody strapped some lawn chairs onto like a jet engine. <laughs> <laughs> it just like I'm surprised it doesn't have cup holders so the Marines can like knock back some natty light while they're buzzing around. Oh my on, goodness. Like fantastic yeah. anti grav technology. <laughs> the General Lee just flying around. Oh my goodness. True, but, but I'm gonna buy on the other hand, <laughs> I mean, since I started out playing this game during Rogue Trader, I kinda love it a little bit, I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah. You gotta have a soft oh. spot for it for sure. It's dumb as shit, but I love it. Which pretty <laughs> let's much shoot this, let's shoot this uh, multi melta that's like inches away from my helmet, directly right. forward. Exactly, and <laughs> if that's not like the calling card of Warhammer in general. Like this shit is real dumb, but I love it. I exactly, that's the tagline. Definitely. All right. So, Robbie, right. well, uh, uh, Jason, Jason, what is Earl? Robbie. I'm sorry. When I say Jason, I mean Jesse, of course, since you're next on the roster. What, what have you been up to, Jesse? I jumped in first, but I will say... Did you? you yes. Oh, did. you fucking did, didn't you? <laughs> Fuck but you. I will say, Move on. In addition... No, 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 no. I did buy Necromunda this weekend. Oh, oh, that's right. The rules, you said. Yeah. Yeah. Necromunda, the, bo- the first box set, and Gang War. And so we're finally going to scratch that Necromunda itch, kind of learn it, me and Carol. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you, Jesse. Um, so right now, I don't know. <laughs> Depends if how bad Carol wants the uh, House Goliath. I might play Escher. I don't know yet. I'm kind of cool with anything right now because I'm just in the process of, lear- process of learning the game. So I don't mind building a few things, see how it goes. In the future, like I still have some um, some Gene Steeler cultists, new on Sprue, sitting in a box somewhere in the back. I got plenty of Chaos Cultists as well, which those guys have... Chaos Cultists and Gene Steelers have the rules in White Dwarf. So, you know, I've got some options available to me. I do like... What's House Orlock that just came out? Yeah, yeah. A few weeks ago? That's what I picked up. And right now, I'm kind of in the process of, we'll wait and see, but I'll build some stuff and see how it goes. We're going to do this. I I feel like everybody... I feel like almost everybody in Richmond 30K has has a Necromunda uh, gang, and yeah, uh, at least one, definitely, at least one. And and I mean, I don't know if this is an official like R and R podcast territory, but we're gonna we're gonna fire this shit up, right? Well, we're gonna we're gonna start a campaign for Necromunda. Yeah, definitely. Just because it's yeah. a fun game that's fucking all about dumb shit. I mean, what's <laughs> what's wrong with that? You know. Absolutely, yeah. Yep, I've already made up some names for some house, house Goliath guys. I got Jerry the Jerk, who's the Juve, the Juve Jerry the Jerk. I've got <laughs> <laughs> all sorts of stupid stuff. 
loving it, man. Um, Robbie, what have you been up to? Speaking of Necromunda, I know Robbie, that was like your uh, original game you ever played. Yeah, Necromunda was like the first GW game I'd ever played, and I've been stuck with the dice ever since. Uh, but uh, let's see. First, I've been trying to uh, assimilate back into regular life, uh, coming back from Adepticon. Uh, it's hard to do work now and be a grown up. If you know any places that are accepting applications, uh, preferably looking for something where I can drink, paint, and play Warhammer, uh, that'd be cool. It's a full time position. Yeah, I'm looking for a full time uh, position like that. Let me know if you know anything. Uh, but <laughs> no, man, the hobby juices are so, so strong right now. I've been going so hard on uh, salamanders. And I'm I'm totally having a blast with them. And yeah, I've been seeing them on Facebook. They look awesome, dude. Yeah, he's using uh, what is it? He's got like the flame effects on the legs. He's throwing on decals and everything. Spared no expense. I think he's got 25 fire drakes now. Mm, so good. Yeah, yeah. The tr- it, I'm having a blast. Um, yeah, and I just got the uh, I was it Blood and Glory. I think that's the name of it. But the Sagittarius tank tracks. So all my land oh, yeah. raider the are gonna have like skulls things. Yeah, they're gonna have yeah. like the the actual armor tracks that wrap all the way around. Ah, uh, I love it. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's good. And uh, let's see, yeah, man, Adepticon was just a blast. It's it's got the it's got me motivated. Uh, I I did all the events that I signed up for, uh, with the exception of uh, ba- Battlefleet Gothic. Uh, Sunday, I was just too hungover. I slept through my alarm, <laughs> and I, I missed it. But I got there, and I still got to take pictures and check out all the all the fleets. And, man, that game is amazing. It is not dead. If you saw the tournament turnout, like, that. <laughs> yes. Yes, Robbie. That was awesome. So we want to get into this with Robbie and Dave because we're going to do a little Adepticon recap. So Robbie, come back to us, my man. Fix your fucking mic. Give us some like hardcore download quality audio and uh, come back to us because we, we def- I think we're done with the, the what have we been up to, right, Will? Yep. I mean, I guess we don't need to talk about What have you been up to, fine. Will? No, that's fine. Let's keep moving. No, 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 no. This isn't about me, guys. Because I'm sorry. I, I talked to Will for like a half an hour before everyone else got on, so my bad. Will, what have oh, you been Oh, no. Just uh, working on custodes, man. I got them all built, started painting, got the test schemed in, and uh been a lot of fun. I'm going with a real, like, worn uh, gold and uh, doing the clear red on the shoulders, and I like it. It looks just, good. Just ready and, to win games. Yep, that's what I'm here for. I play for the narrative starter kit, man. That's, that's right. exactly what the custodes are. God forbid custodies actually, you know, are some of the toughest shit around in the stories. But yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Just bring, just don't bring two shield captains and 1,500 points. I think you'll be all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, they're so, not eternal warrior at that point, at least, right? So there is that, but they still have the three plus rerollable. Yeah. So yeah, forgive me. And then infiltrate them because you can do. Oh that. my god! What? How did he put them with like sisters? Uh, no. He got. Don't you get to pick your warlord trait? Oh, if you're a tribune, but in fifteen hundred points, you can't pick tribune. Oh, well, then someone at Adepticon didn't have a legal list. Uh-oh. Probably. Yeah. 
What's the, what's yeah. the limit for Tribune? Two thousand. Two thousand minimum. Oh wow. Huh. Yeah. I did not. But know then that. you can pick your uh, warlord trait, and you could pick the infiltrate D three units. Yeah. Yeah. So it must be the rum and peeps floating right now. So excuse me, but yeah. look. <laughs> complain all you want about custodians. You know, I don't give a shit. I don't play custodians. I don't mind fighting against custodians. I've played a few games. I've lost some, and I've won some. And I know, yeah, they're tough. But for the most part, this isn't a competitive game. And fluff-wise, custodians are just complete badasses. So if you want to play narratively, and you see custodians, expect a bad time. Because, hey, they're going to come kill you. Yeah, but, but right. also, oh, excuse me. on the play devil's advocate, sometimes it's not the army, it's the player, right? This is true. Like maybe Robbie's intentionally made a broken illegal list. Maybe he accidentally did it. I'm not going to say one way or the other, but sometimes you play players who will intentionally cheat, and it is a newer army, so not everybody knows it. So, yeah. Yeah, you could have thrown down a Tribune at 1500, and I would have known, I would not have uh, guessed it. That it was illegal. Wait, so the official stance of R&R on custodies I'm is, not making an official stance, but yeah, go ahead, Jason. Before complaining about an army, consider if maybe you're playing a horrible turd person. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the uh, official ruling for Remembrance's Retreat is uh, play the people, not the armies. Nah, the shit's broken, heresy is dead, move on. <laughs> Play so, the player, I, not the game. Yeah, rum <laughs> makes you bitter, man. So funny, funny story about Adepticon. Um, uh, it was the random doubles, and I was actually my partner was Ryan Kimmel, and so we we actually had a great time. It was a blast, and we were playing a couple guys from Australia, and there was this the center objective um, at the end of the turn. If you controlled the objective, you would get to give a Orbital bombardment to anybody in your faction uh, for them to use on their table while you're playing. Well, we just said, hey, at the beginning of the turn, no matter who controls it, we're going to drop it on the Custodes player. So <laughs> it was just unanimous. <laughs> in turn, a strength 10 AP2 Orbital bombardment was coming down on this guy. And it was just like, hey, it doesn't, like, we controlled it, we dropped it. They had control to be like, hey, we're going to drop on the Custodes player, too. And that was their own faction. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Hold on. These two guys from Australia, do you mean the dudes from I Have Horse Podcast? I don't know, man. I don't know people. I just knew that they had great armies. Was it an Imperial Fist player and a Mechanicum player? No, it was a Space Wolf and Ultramarine player. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, but I know they were from Australia. All right, because one of, them, one of them was Michael John. Yes, yeah, yeah. I don't remember the other one, but I wrote. I wrote like a. They were like the best sportsmen, and I wrote like the an essay for them. And at one point in time, um, I said I needed to roll a four, and I said it very, very like I was from Virginia. And these motherfuckers made fun of the way I talk, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, you are one to talk, you Aussie." <laughs> y'all are butchering the English language as well. I was like, you know what? I was going to tell them to fuck off, but I remembered Australians don't have sex. Australians mate. <laughs> God damn it, Robbie. <laughs> what are you, a dad? 
Oh, not Holy yet. Shit. Maybe soon. I don't know. I got good <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Robbie, we want more Adepticon stories, man. Regale oh, us. Man. It, it, was, it was amazing. Like, when, uh, I mean, it's like Nova cranked up some more. So if you've ever been to Nova, it's great. Now, it's like, hey, if we have everybody at Nova times it by five of those people and we give ourselves our own ballroom, that's what it was like. Holy like, shit. They, they had their separate ballroom. Like, it wasn't shared with anybody else. When you got into this this room, it was nothing but heresy. It, it's a hundred wow. tables, but nothing but heresy. And these are, every table was, oh my gosh. Like, shout out to Ryan. Because he had some of the best looking terrain setups that I've ever seen. Like, like I was like, dude, how did you do this? Like, one of them, it was like almost as tall as me. Uh, and it was like, I think it was an Isfahan. And it was like his... Yeah, the Isfahan three table. Yeah, man. It was like this set. Like, I was like, dude, how do you find time? Those guys, those guys fucking go all out, man. Like, I know I saw pictures of uh, Ryan loading up vans before Adepticon with just fucking terrain and tables in it. And, uh, I mean, that's just, that's awesome, man. That's, that is fucking keeping the community alive. Right. That's doing it right. And, uh, yeah, yeah no. awesome. Yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, it was almost drama free. We had that one guy, <laughs> uh, do some retarded shit and, uh, nothing against him. Cause I, I think it was honestly, he didn't really know what he was getting into. And when he saw it, I can understand it's a tournament. You may be coming over from 40K. I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy, but it was an obvious no-no. Don't you ever bring that shit into heresy again. <laughs> uh, uh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, Robbie, did you actually play against that guy? I I, I did. I did. I play, oh, wow. I didn't play him against the, the broken list that he brought. I, I played him in the singles tournament the day oh, before. Okay. And if you would have asked me um, if that guy was going to pull something like that, I wouldn't have been surprised because, uh, yeah, I mean, if people are, people are different. Everybody thinks a little different and it, it feels like the Warhound, sky shield and shield generator are like the biggest scandal of heresy in 2018 right now. So I think of, of let's ever, hope it keeps there's never way. been anything. There's never been a precedent like this. This is the, the one story that's always going to be remembered as far as the heresy is concerned. I think. Oh yeah. It'll go down in the annals of 4chan, which really I, bad I, phrasing. I, I want to hear about this fucking ballroom dedicated to heresy, right? So, so right. Dave and and Robbie, I want to I want to hear from you. Like this is this is so big to me because this is this means that heresy has the kind of community where we can we can fill up a fucking convention center ballroom with people that just want to play fully painted armies from around are, the world from around the world that are like 99% like ready to fucking be adults and roll game roll dice and just fucking have fun man and so like to me like that is exactly where I want this to go so I, I just like highlights man Dave what was your highlight of the fucking Adepticon Con was Friday night playing in the mega battle with Grand McNeil standing behind me, soaking it all Shut in. the fuck Holy up. Fuck. That what? is awesome. He stood there for hours talking to everybody, 
Like he was the coolest fucking human being I've ever come across my entire life. Earth dude. I mean, you, you hit him with questions and you know, how did, why did, why did you, you know, what did you do this with this? And he was, he'd just sit there and engage with you. Wow. I mean, he literally, I went to bed at 3 a.m. and he was still up just talking to people. Wow. O'clock that night, he was, you know, he was try he was going to leave and go get some dinner. Well, again, at 4 a.m., whatever it was, or 3 a.m., when I seen him dinner, and he was still engaging with everybody, talking <laughs> with everybody, he was having a blast. That what was, was he like? What was he asking? Was people asking about just you know what what his visions was or what his thought was on certain parts of the books that he wrote, and okay. like JP from uh, JP really yeah. like blew his mind. Yeah. The Age of Darkness. JP from Age of Darkness. He he was drunk as shit, and because he was like, you know, hey, I'm drunk. I got so much questions to ask him, and and someone kind of like talking to Graham McNeil, and they ended up talking, chit chatting for seriously just a couple hours, man. Dude, um, as a whole, was up, which you've already mentioned, uh, but everyone's attitude as a whole was just amazing. You know, people were, were rocking up, and they were just they were rolling dice and having fun with some of the best painted armies I've seen in a good long time. Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's just, not an understatement, man. That heresy was was strong, man. Everybody's like, "Yes, fuck." <laughs> Seeing all those pictures Graham. on Facebook and whatnot, it was so jealous. I was like, "I got to make time for next year. Maybe next year, 2019, might be finally the year I go to Adepticon." Guys, just save up your points for your flights or whatever, or you know, or if all you guys just mob up in a vehicle and drive, yeah. it's worth the trip. Get a few uh, cargo vans and just trek yeah. trek down to Chicago, Illinois. Man. Yeah, it's there. There was so much that it's really hard just to pinpoint one thing. Uh, experience was was pretty much the coolest thing for me. I didn't really even talk to him. Just just standing there and listening to him talk to other people, engaging him with questions and everything. You know, I I didn't really hit him with a whole lot of questions. I just thought it was really cool for him to be there oh, sure and does. just to see how. Yeah, how engaging he was with everyone and how just he was soaking it all in. I mean, he loved watching the mega battle. I mean, it, it was it was freaking cool. Dude, that guy's hand had to hurt. Uh, he signed so much stuff that weekend. Uh, people were coming out. I think one guy tried to get his underwear signed. <laughs> That's me. Was that you, Robbie? Did you try to get your underwear signed? Well, I didn't have anything else white. That was it. <laughs> awesome. Nah, awesome. Man. No, man, I'm super jealous. I I wanted to go to Adepticon. I will go to Adepticon. It will be my second con. Uh, I will do it next year, 100%. Um, yeah, man, I fucking can't wait. But, dude, how cool is that? That, like, I mean, the 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 industrial complex, right? Like, Games Workshop proper, Black Library, fucking Forge World. They're, they are there in force, right? Like, if Graham McNeil... Yep is on the floor of Adepticon in the, in the heresy ballroom, fucking watching people roll dice and, and asking people questions about their army. Like, like what, what more could you want? Right? Like that is a fucking amazing dude. That's about as the pinnacle of the hobby as you can get. Yeah, man. It was like great weather too. Like it was like brisk and, I was. I saw Duncan. He he only had two thin coats on. It was perfect. Uh oh. <laughs> All right, Dave. Dave and Robbie. One last question about Adepticon. Is there a bar room lounge reserved for Heresy? Uh, the the game hall where you're playing is pretty much a fucking bar. 
Everybody's got their bottles of whiskey and bourbon. They're like, hey, this is a Kentucky's finest. Take a sip. Like, oh, well, here, I'm from I'm from here. You take a sip of my drink. Everyone's like, fucking all these Holy liquor connoisseurs. There's coolers in every corner. People have wow. beer. And I saw the people from uh, Sweden. They just, they had so much beer that, and they didn't use a cooler. They just drank it at like room temperature, I think. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, you motherfuckers are just like fucking Vikings, man. Awesome. Yeah. Like, good Lord. Like, they this all is came, what heaven all, looks like, like folks. This is heaven right here. Yeah. On earth. Man, we are. Uh, there was so, not a thirsty person in that, in that hall. Everyone awesome. was, had a drink. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's, you, you don't realize how hard it is to play Warhammer when you have like a whole whiskey and Coke in one hand and you're trying to pick up dice. It's like, <laughs> I, all right, I got to make a decision. I got to put one thing down, one thing down. <laughs> to be honest, so at that point, it's fucking awesome, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Damn, now I'm yep. super excited for Nova. I can't wait. Yeah, um, so I'm doing Nova and Heresy Camp as well this year. Like, I, I'm Jesus. I'm doing. You're dude, doing Heresy I'm doing Camp. I'm doing the trifecta. Oh, damn, dude. Well, that's here. good. That's Can't good. Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> Man. Looking forward to seeing you there. Are you yeah. still planning to Rob, do the... Um, Robbie is our uh, traveling ambassador. That, that's his role now. Yep. We'll get you set up with bumper stickers and shit, Robbie. Give you the pass around. Here, take my card. There you go. Hey, are you planning to run your Solar Auxilla for the rest of the year, then? No, no, I'm shelving them, man. I'm uh, I'm mortaled out for a little while. I, I kind of, it's not that I don't like playing with them. They're just so many models, and it's so hard to keep up with. Sure. And it takes so long to do forty shots of las guns. Like I can't yeah. do it the rapid <laughs> fire with the last section. It That's why takes I like forever. That's and why then I love. I only get like four wounds. It's like okay, go ahead and save these, you asshole. <laughs> That's why I love running my Iron Wing. It's like I'm rolling maybe ten dice at the most at a time. Yeah, maybe you really want to run like a Phalax Mechanicum list. It's like yeah, <laughs> I've armored got breakthrough. Shots. Just a bunch of predators. Mm, good stuff. No, uh, no, the salamanders are are like I'm. I picked up so much stuff while I was uh, at the exhibitor hall i got these cool flame stencils i got a whole bunch of weathering pigments from uh secret weapon mm. like i went i went everywhere i got a new airbrush nice. so like adepticon was like i'm ready to reinvent myself <laughs> that is awesome dude <laughs> you sound reinvigorated ready to hobby and it's pretty damn impressive robbie yeah, ready I, to hobby can't wait to I, see yeah, what I comes next for me robbie like, i've got so like I got a show coming up in, uh, on Tuesday. I actually go back to Chicago, and it's going to suck because, you know, the first time I went to Chicago, it was so great. Now I'm going to go and dread it. I'm going to have mixed feelings. Like, I'm going to go up there like, all right, I need a hot dog dragged through the garden. I need some deep dish pizza, and it's time to play Heresy. Oh, wait, no. It's time <laughs> to work. I'm sure you could find somebody out there. No, I don't want to talk to them. <laughs> All right, so we are an hour in, guys, and we just finished up the what's we've been up to. That, that was kind of a little bit of uh, Adepticon review. Also. That's true, too. That's okay. That's, okay. That's good. Oh, I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm having a good time. You're, you're okay. We can use all this content. We don't have to cut it all out? No, it's fine. It's fine. I'm okay. gonna, I might have to cool. break open the second pack of peeps, but yeah, I'm fine. It's I'm Easter, by the way, guys. So, you know. Oh, my God. All right, so real don't. quick. 
I want to take a couple minutes to shout out somebody. Uh, our buddy Bo. How do you say his last name? Hayward. Bo Hayward. Where's Where's he from again? He's from Pennsylvania. Is that it? I think he was from Maryland and had moved to Pennsylvania for work. Okay, I think so too. I don't know. Should have done my homework before this, but he uh, came up with an amazing idea that we're going to start doing as well. But I want to shout him out as like the brainchild of this real quick. Um, because the dude is just, he's an awesome member of the community. He's helping grow the Maryland community side of everything. And I don't want to give too much away about his particular side of it, but um, mega battle charities. That's something I want to start doing in Richmond. I'm going to wait till Maryland does it first since it was Bo's idea, you know, let him sure get, get to do it first and everything. Let him make all but the I mistakes want, first. Exactly. Then, we'll exactly. learn from there. there we go. Um, <clears throat> the idea being this is a mega battle and, it is a charity event also. Well, how do you do a charity event that's a mega battle? You turn donations into command points. So if you're doing like a canned food drive, right? One can of food will get you, uh, let's say you can bring a unit back if it's been destroyed. Five One cans can? of food. That, that's what I'm saying. We're going to let him okay. test test the bed, right? But the sure. concept Pay to win! Exactly. That's exactly what it is. But uh, he told me that last night, and I was like, holy shit, that is amazing. Why haven't we been doing that? So just be aware. We are going to start doing events like that where the entry fees are going to be charity-based. I'm good with it. I really want to start giving back more, and I think that's a way we can all have fun and give back simultaneously. So, Bo, if you're listening to this, man, you nailed it, dude. That is an amazing idea, and I can't wait to see what you do with it. We love you, Bo, but definitely. I actually inherited a large amount of, like, freeze-dried food from a family member that was, like, a prepper, and, uh, like, literally a storage unit full of freeze-dried food. So... If I donate that, am I getting like the whole Forge World arsenal? Like what, what you'll get, what, what do I get? get? Is you'll, what get do I a, get? you'll get a Warhound Titan on top of a Sky Shield landing pad with two Void Shield generators. <laughs> <laughs> on top of two uh, Cast Elm strongholds, right? Yeah, obviously. Mm. What else would you put them on top of? Yes, with Nasty. a prime as a, as a ceiling fan Primus readout. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just whirling on top of a Warhound. <laughs> oh jesus christ mm. yeah i think it'll be fun obviously a little bit of pay to win but uh you know, it's, for it's also horus heresy so you can already pay to win if you want to buy a <laughs> warhound titan i mean you kind of you can win with that right i don't you know, know what it's for charity it's for charity god i actually said charity no charity oh horus charity there we go yeah. it's well coined done. Jesse Irvin has coined it, the horse charity. I think the horse charity is, is pretty good, but I mean, oh, charity. Yeah, Robbie. Sure I mean, you would. Yeah, after, Robbie. After I mean, you took a life. good idea and you made it better. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, this nice. podcast is brought to you by Peeps. Not really, but <laughs> and rum. Are. Peeps and rum, the crack and rum, and a little bit of red wine, which it, when you, you mix it with rum what? is actually pretty damn good. If you put a peep in rum, what will happen to the peep? I don't know, but I think I'm going to find out after the break. I'm melting! <laughs> I'm excruciating! I'm excruciating the pain! Oh, dear God. 
Yeah, so with that, actually... It's a Slanash peep. <laughs> yeah, like you said, uh, we are an hour in, so let's go ahead and take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. We'll be right back, just like Will said. We'll be right back. Awesome. And we're back, everybody. We're back with Jason with his Heresy Grad School. Jason, what are we talking about uh, for this session? All right, guys. So uh, I'm here with uh, my buddy, Dave Dennett, and we're going to bring you yet another uh, interesting Forge world. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about the Siege of Sarum Forge. Now, Sarum, you may may have heard of a couple of times before. Uh, It's actually the bonded Forge world for the 12th Legion, the World Eaters. Uh, they are crewed by the Red Jack Mechanicum, uh, who are pretty interesting dudes. And to kind of understand the Siege of Sarum Forge, you got to take a look at the very start of the history of the World Eaters. Uh, their very first campaign is known as the Golgothan Slaughter. And the story behind that is the very first campaign they embarked on. Angron's just come back. Uh, so dad's back home for the first time. All the world leaders want to prove themselves that they haven't just been, you know, sitting around. They've been getting stuff done. So Angron's back home and they need to take out. They've been tasked with eliminating the Golgothan sector. So this is kind of a midline priority for the Galactic Crusade. Uh, the Crusades kind of rolled on past it. This is a sector right near the edge of the Maelstrom kind of in the uh, center of the uh, galactic map. And it's kind of been bypassed, even though it's still, uh, a lot of its planets are still not in compliance because the emperor has tasked other things as, you know, being a higher priority. So uh, it's mostly, since it's sitting right on the edge of the maelstrom, it's a bunch of weirdness. Uh, You got a bunch of wastelands and planets, a bunch of dying stars, tainted worlds. Uh, It's where a bunch of like pirates and xenoforms have kind of like holed up to kind of hide out from the Imperium that's steamrolling across the galaxy. But uh, the Emperor is getting kind of irritated with all these like abhuman empires and these wacky xenoforms hopping out and kind of irritating his nearby planets of this burgeoning new Imperium. So that's the first task he lays for the world leaders once uh, Angron comes back home. So what's left of the 13th Expeditionary Fleet is now uh, tasked under Angron, and uh, he and his brand new legion uh, get tossed down there. And in whole, the Golgothan sector takes them 11 years uh, out of the Great Crusade to conquer. It's about 48 planets, and they exterminate no less than uh, seven Xeno species are rendered extinct. Uh, the Siege of Sarum Forge is actually the very first major engagement of the Golgothan Slaughter, and it's the first time Angron commands his legion as a whole. So Angron sees this Sarum Forge, and he's like, all right, this is going to be uh, my forward base of operations sitting right here on the edge of the Maelstrom. And... Uh, <clears throat> Sarum itself uh, is constantly, uh, after it was cut off from Mars, uh, constantly under Xenos and pirate raids. So it's got a pretty warlike machine cult. Uh, again, they're called the Red Jock. 
and they're referred to as the Crimson Priests of Sarum. So they've constantly been requesting aid uh, intermittently from Mars, and their next nearest forge world is called Anvilus. And because they've been cut off since, just like Terra, for thousands and thousands of years, uh, they've just kind of been on their own, but they've been on their own right next to the edge of the Maelstrom. And when the world leaders happen across them, uh, they're under siege from this abhuman empire uh, called the Brotherhood of Ruin. And not only do they abhumans, but they're a cyborg-enhanced abhuman species that have hired on a bunch of orc mercenaries, uh, offering them, you know, weapons, battle, everything orcs like. So uh, <clears throat> the siege from the Brotherhood of Ruin has gotten so intense that it's actually driven the Sarum Mechanicum underneath the surface of the planet. And the planet already kind of sucks a bit. It's like a barren planetoid. It doesn't have any atmosphere, but it's pretty resource rich, which is why nobody wants to give it up. Um, so the Brotherhood has essentially taken over the surface of the little planetoid of Sarum, and they're starting to bring in these giant drilling machines. They've blockaded the entire planetoid. And, uh, it hasn't been good going for them so far. The Sarum Mechanicum, uh, sure, they're powerful and warlike, but this is essentially an entire abhuman empire that has laid siege to their planet. So, Jason, like, I just want to, like, take a second here, man. Let's, let's like, uh, digest what you just said, man. Like, this is pretty intense stuff. So, juxtapose... I'm sorry, Sarah. real quick. Yeah, go ahead, William. Let me interrupt. But... The whole orc mercenary thing for me was just like, what? What? Uh, right? Had not been wiped out at uh, Ulanor yet, so. Yeah, and then and then think about seven ab human species going extinct, right? So seven xeno species are ha have have been extinct. That's the Golgothan campaign. So there's a number of different things I want to touch on here. Number one is we're into the maelstrom, right? So this is not the Eye of Terror, but it is essentially the same thing. It's it's a rift in in warp space time. So so this is a point in space where you know the you know sort of the demonic elements can can come into real space and uh, influence the events in uh, real time. And so the Emperor has has sort of ruled these worlds like almost um, exterminatus, but not really. So there, there are questions about why he would direct um, Angron and the 12th Legion to persecute these campaigns, right? There's, there's always questions about, you know, why you would, you would direct somebody to do that and, and take these kinds of losses. Um, but so they take amazing losses. But there are all these these uh synergies and there there are these uh comparisons to a uh, zawar cod right so they're fighting they, they are a forge world that's been separated from mars for thousands of years so serum launched during the age of strife they inhabited this forge world um on the galactic fringe within the the the, the veil of the maelstrom and they've been fighting off Xeno species ever since. They've been trying to make contact with Mars. Mars has been intermittently answering them, but has never provided reinforcements. So they've been on their own. 
they finally get rediscovered. And this is the part, Jason, where I'm not really sure if they get rediscovered or not, because I don't know if anyone from the 12th Legion ever make makes contact with the Serum Forge before this... Um, I don't know what what do you call it? Like it's a it's a it's a fucking extermination. I don't know if they do. From what it sounds like, it sounds like Angron sees this forge world and he's like, I'm having that. And he just drops fifteen thousand world eaters on top of it. I don't yeah. think he ever sends like a memo ahead of time. Yeah, like fifteen thousand world eaters. Like, like like think about this. So if you guys are reading this, so if you want to follow along in the black book, it's Jason, what is it? The page is 194? Uh, it is page 98 to 102 in Betrayal. Yep, so page 98 to 102 in the first Horse Heresy Black Book Betrayal. And the what is the um, the Legion fleet? So the, the Crusade fleet that makes up the, I guess, the strike force that takes out this blockade. What is What is its numbers? It is the thirteenth expeditionary fleet. Yeah, how many? How many ships, though? Oh, uh, two hundred altogether. Two hundred. Two hundred ships, like, and a hundred of those are capital ships. And to be fair, too, this uh, they refer to it specifically as the remnants of the thirteenth expeditionary fleet. So, after it's been kicked the crap out of. Yeah. So. So over a hundred capital ships, over a hundred, um, you know, fucking fifteen thousand world leaders forces. This is this is an all or none, right? Like, so th- the world eaters are all in. I mean, this is you don't come back from this. They've committed their entire legion. Angron has committed his entire forces to the destruction of the blockade around Serum. The uh, the seizure of Serum and the liberation of the Serum Force. Like, this is an all-or-none campaign. This is, you've risked your entire Legion to secure this battle zone. Um, it's, I mean, I think it's unprecedented in the heresy up until this point. I could be wrong. People could correct me. Please, please, uh, if you think I'm wrong, go ahead and hit me up. But I think this is this is the commitment of an entire legion to a battle zone on Serum, on this on this Forge War to secure it and then persecute um, a compliance on a scale that we just don't see in in the lore very often. This is true, but one thing: this is right when Angron is returning to the legion for the first time. Uh, if you keep up with the histories, like especially in uh, Aaron Dembski Bowden's uh, Betrayer, uh, Angron is not in the best mental state. Well, I mean, ever, but particularly <laughs> right when he comes back to the Legion. He wanted to die on New Seria. He didn't want to come home. He just wanted to die with his right. you know, adopted family of gladiator buddies. Yep. So throwing his entire Legion into a make-it-or-break-it maneuver as the very first thing as soon as he steps back into command seems perfect. I mean, so far as Angron's mental state goes. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree. Um, So, Jason, take us down the road, man. What happens? All right, so like you were saying, we've got 200 ships from the 13th uh, Expeditionary Fleet 
coming together. More than half of those are capital ships. And Angron's plan, like many world leaders' plans, is to drive straight through the heart of the worst resistance of the Brotherhood of Ruin to, like, annihilate their biggest, most steadfast resistance and break them into tiny pieces. So and that's essentially what he does. Uh, he drives those 200 ships like a spear straight through the middle of uh, they don't give a definite number, but they say that uh, the Brotherhood of Ruined Ships number in the thousands. And while they don't have many ships to match the size of some of the capital ships, that Angron's fleet is way outclassed in both numbers and tonnage. So what they do after they drive straight through the middle of this blockade and orbit is they drop those 15,000 world leaders are just the drop force that they uh, send down to the surface of Sarum in drop pods, gunships, what have you. Um, <clears throat> the, after they do that, the rest of the World Eater's fleet breaks up and scatters. Uh, each one of these ships, like, causes its own little path of destruction, you know, straight through the all of the Brotherhood of Ruined Ships that outnumber them, like, probably more better than 10 to 1. Um I mean, essentially, if you're surrounded, you can shoot in every direction, right? That's like Angron's thinking at this point. <laughs> but uh, the Brotherhood of Ruin has probably never had to fight anything in the realm of Astartes before, because it mentions the world leaders are tearing through these guys that outnumber them like hundreds and hundreds to one, because like uh, the surface of Sarum is open void. So the Brotherhood of Ruin, despite being cybernetically augmented, are still mostly, well, not human, but abhuman. And so they're in big, clunky void suits while the world eaters are tearing ass around, like annihilating their, you know, astronaut suits with bolters and chain axes. And they're uh, the big uh, termite engines that they've brought out to try and bore into the surface of Sarum to get to the Mechanicum. They're really ungainly on land, so they're just uh, getting melt-a-bombed left and right. But the thing that seems to save uh, the Brotherhood from being completely overrun are these orcish mercenaries. And I know them, I love them, world leaders are close to my heart, but, I mean, let's be honest, they're essentially armored orcs. So they're the closest to an orc and Astartes can be. But the uh, orc mercenaries... Uh, start to recover quickly and they start to actually push back the world eaters back towards their drop zones since they've, you know, got so many numbers on them. And this gives the uh, Brotherhood of Ruin time to start withdrawing, which they do to uh, little pre-built bastions to return fire. And so they start bringing out their own automata and uh, <clears throat> mortars and just launching munitions into, I mean, these orcs are pretty expendable to them, so they're just firing into combats and taking out friend and foe both and end up actually pushing the world leaders back to their initial drop zone. And Angron doesn't have time for any of this bullshit. So after he's done mopping up pretty much everything in orbit, he launches a ring of essentially planet-killing torpedoes, the cyclonic torpedoes, in a ring around the world leader's drop zone that they've been pushed back into, and then comes down himself with all of the world leaders he was in orbit with, like, reaving through the Brotherhood fleet. Now, something very interesting, when Angron drops along with the other 
half of his legion, he also comes down with, quote, 17 great black metallic cylinders, each the size of a habitation block. Hmm. And in these 17 cylinders, you figure out that they are coffin ships for Legio Audax. And so 17 warhounds from the Legio Audax are now on planet and knocking the hell out of the Brotherhood of Ruin as well. And just a small aside, I thought of this the other day. I heard somebody on the internet refer to Legio Audax as that Legion ADB made up for Betrayer. Uh, the Legio Audax actually has a really, really long history in the heresy. They didn't just suddenly pop up. Uh, they were actually one of two, on, uh, only two of the Titan Legions on Istvan Three which was uh, Legio Audax and Legio Mortis, uh, was actually at the behest of the Warmaster for that initial cleansing action. But just a fun little aside there that I thought was kind of cool. But uh, between well, these... Yeah, we uh, love Legio Audax, man. They are kind of the... Uh, they're definitely my favorite. Uh, but so between these brand new world eaters coming down uh, from the orbital fights... And these new Legio Audax Titans uh, fighting through everything, the orcs have realized they're in a pretty bad place. So not only are they breaking, but they're kind of going insane now because they feel they're like trapped animals. They don't have, you know, anywhere to go. So they're turning on each other and they're turning on the Brotherhood that hired them in the first place. Wow. And Angron, right? Like, how much, how bad does a fight have to be to make an orc want no part of it? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That is the uh, that is the honor of the world eaters. But anyhow, so Angron starts pushing back a counter assault, cutting back through, and with the uh, Ember Wolves now right next to them, they're really uh, knocking out these giant automata engines that the Brotherhood of Ruin are bringing along with them. And now that the Red Jock Mechanicum are essentially seeing uh, what they describe as the very shadow of the Omnissiah's wrath descending from the heavens, from Legio Audax, they start boiling out of all of their underground bunkers. And uh, the way they describe the Red Jock Mechanicum, there should be no shadow of a doubt in anyone's mind why they end up turning traitor. Uh, they're described, the Crimson Priests, of wearing uh, steel-fanged skull masks, and they have a spider-like automata, which uh, kind of interesting, they actually mount barbed harpoon cannons, uh, very similar to the Ursus Claws that uh, Legio Audax are known and famed to run with. So uh, they... Uh, between them, they break the Brotherhood of Ruin between them. And in the months that follow, after they have been annihilated, the world leaders make Sarum their forward raiding post and like their first point of contact into the Golgothan sector. Uh, the Crimson Priests actually end up pretty well off because they salvage pretty much everything, uh, including the Brotherhood of Ruin have these largely intact factory ships that have just... Uh, I mean, you have to clear all the uh, gross parts where the world eaters ran rampant, you know, through the uh, hallways there. But other than that, largely intact uh, floating factory facilities. And uh, the Brotherhood. Take care of that. Yeah, right. Uh, the Brotherhood are essentially, that was more or less their entire empire. Uh, they lost most of their greatest weapons and a lot of their war leaders. And they become the very first uh, extinction 
the world leader's cause in the Golgothan slaughter. But um, even though they were annihilated, I think the Brotherhood of Ruin is really fascinating as an abhuman empire, because that's one of my questions, is what were they exactly? Because they essentially sound like an aberrant faction of the Mechanicum. They were uh, definitely abhumans, but they showed cybernetic enhancements, um, and they had tons of automata. Um, and even they talk about using things like uh, plasma mortars and uh, these termite engines, which we all know are really jealously guarded secrets by the Mechanicum. Yep. But were they just like a Mechanicum faction that got a little too close to the uh, edge of that maelstrom? No, Jason, I think that's a great point, man. It's the Brotherhood of Ruin. Like, like who are they? Were they uh, an ARC expedition that got too close to the, uh, the maelstrom and then, you know, got corrupted? Um I mean, ultimately, Serum is going to be one of ten or more um, forges that become, you, you know, they they become the hell forges of the, the 41st millennium, right? So Serum actually becomes one of the chaos forges um, where, you, you know, Abaddon's crusades are launched from, but... Um, well, they're not launched from, but they're certainly supplied from. And I think it's fascinating if you juxtapose that with what happened with uh, Legio Azextabiax and the Zawar Cod, because, you know, the Zawar Cod, they were another forge world where you launched out into space during the ages of strife um, with no support from, you know, the Imperium. I mean, you know, humanity at that point was, you know, they were an old knight, they were in the Age of Strife, they were no help to be had. And so there are these pockets of, of quote-unquote, human civilization that are being founded throughout the, the galaxy. And, you know, Serum, unfortunately, right, they, they get founded on this planet that is within the sort of the 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 radiation zone of of the maelstrom, right? So, I mean, they're, they're kind of fucked from the beginning. Um, you know, that, that, that aura of, of being within the maelstrom is going to ultimately corrupt them, you know? So they fight off the Brotherhood of Bruin, you know, they send a, they send help back to, uh, to Mars. Mars never responds. Uh, I mean, the 12th Legion gets there, but yeah, okay. But it's, it's the 12th Legion, right? And, you know, juxtapose that with uh, with that with Zawar Cod. I mean, Zawar Cod, yeah, the Thousand Suns, they make contact um, and then they sort of disappear. Zawar Cod secedes from the Imperium at large um, after you know the Horus Heresy and and Crusade, but they 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 don't become uh, heretical, right? They're they're a Forge world. But they don't become lost and damned, which I'm uh, I'm sort of exploring this lore as we go, and it's like it's amazing, dude. So Imperial Armor Thirteen, um, if you guys have a chance, pick it up. Imper Imperial Armor Thirteen, uh, I believe it's the War Machines of Lost and the Damned. Uh, it's so good. Uh, describes the Serum Forge as it is uh, in the 41st millennium. Uh, one of the Hellforges uh, that's contributing to the, uh, I guess, Abaddon's cause. I'm not sure. But 
Um, it's very interesting in terms of sort of lineage, where they, they start and where they end. Um, I don't know. I think, uh, I think it's interesting. Whew. That was a lot to take in, but pretty awesome story. Well, I, I, was, I was afraid I was just talking to myself for a second. No, no, you're good. <laughs> no, you're good. Sorry, my voice is starting to go again. Mm. That was a lot so of talking at once for me. No, man, it was fucking awesome. Jason, you, you recapped that like so succinctly, like you always do. Heresy grad school, guys. Like, you, you, you know, you'd be fucking paying for this. If you're in higher I, education, I forgot that I was part of the podcast. I thought I was li- just a listener, and I'm like, "Damn, this is some good stuff." It happens like, to me every time. I, I forget like, to oh. contribute. Dude, I, was like, I was literally saying stuff out loud. I was like, "Oh my god!" But what about? I was like, "Oh shit!" I should have said, "Oh, oh, oh, oh. This it's fucking it's good. That's good stuff, guys." And I like how y'all go back and forth, because y'all are both like like tie into each other and then compliment yeah. from different set sides of it. And oh man, that's serum is. They're like destined to fall no matter what. Are they destined to fall or destined to be enlightened? I mean that I'm a salamander player now, so uh they're the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you really did like a one eighty real quick. As soon as you stopped playing your uh Chthonian headhunters, you're like, Yeah, no, totally for the Emperor now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I total immersion, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm immersion. That's right. You know, Vulcan Vulcan lives. <laughs> <laughs> And it's also a hammer. <laughs> God, I love so, that line. Uh, David, I have a secret. It's also a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. God, remembrances retreat. It's also a hammer. <laughs> so now, what do we got? We're going to have David and David. We got Dave Sampson on, who is an amazing hobbyist. He is, uh, would you consider yourself a small business owner, technically? You know, I don't think I would consider it. Th- I don't know how that, I, I don't really consider it that. I just consider it people like me painting stuff for them, a little bit of change at me in the process. So I call it living the dream. There you go. <laughs> we got a man on here who's living the dream, and uh, he's brought on by David. So we're going to have a new session called David and David. <laughs> Double down, David. <laughs> Double D's. <D's. laughs> well, Right on, man. I mean, first of all, I want to say thank you to Dave Sampson, Black Label Painting, for coming on to our podcast. Um, you know, we're new to the Horus Heresy. No, man, fucking thank you, David. Because, I, I mean, like, I mean, seriously, uh, we, you know, we bullshit and we talk and we, we have a good time. But at the end of the day, like, the people that make this community and this hobby possible are people like dave right like black label painting um i mean there are a lot of people out there and i know will and i know robbie and jesse you guys are awesome at like fucking painting and hobbying and you guys have the time to do that and you guys have the fucking technical expertise to do that and you're you're good i don't know about the time but i definitely appreciate the compliment dave (laughs) Yeah, I, I, you know, and and all, yeah, absolutely. No, Jesse, you're good, man. I mean, like Thanks, the, the products, products you turn out, like the 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 dark angels I see on the table are amazing. Um, you know, and and but but like guys like Dave, um, Black Label Painting, and the other commission painters that I deal with, like 
like you guys make the hobby accessible to folks that don't have the time, I think. And I think that what's that that's what makes the heresy different than I think uh, maybe 40K or some of the other, you know, intro intros like such a pejorative term. But like like what makes the heresy different, right? It's like we have this sort of idea that it's going to be fully painted it's going to be on the table it's going to be it's going to be beautiful we're going to have fucking participate in this narrative cinematic right thematic dynamic sort of fucking uh experience right and like i can't do that man i i don't have the time or the skill or the hobby to fucking put paint to brush and do all that shit and so it's guys like dave uh, that really, I think, make this hobby accessible to other people. And I just want to say fucking thank you, man. And uh, man, thank I, you for I what really you appreciate do. It. I, I really appreciate it, man. It's just so many people have, have contacted me about helping them do stuff like this who just don't have time or they don't, they don't have the skill set or the time to improve their skill set. And, and commission painters like myself are, are always here for you guys. Um, <laughs> it's awesome to be able to, because I'm like really bad Wargamer ADD. So yeah. that is what got me into commission painting. Like I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of losing my ass. I'm buying armies and selling them. So to make extra money to help take myself to these these events and, you know, help sides of the country, man, it, it's awesome, dude. I, I really, it's kind of like a, it's a very mutual relationship I have with a lot of my clients. So I'm just as thankful for you guys as well as the podcasters because you guys, you know, you guys do a lot for the community as well, man. Yeah, I, I mean, cheers, man, and 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 absolutely mutual. But there's a lot of guys that can get on a microphone and talk, Dave. There's not a lot of guys that can fucking crank out a warlord titan in like 48 hours, dude. So you are a dime a dozen, my friend. Challenge, like it was getting down <laughs> to the wire, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to see if I can do two of these motherfuckers in seven days. God, that was awesome. <laughs> that was so I impressive. I would have had both of them done in five days if not having to wait for magnets. Like, I was the one that was based, I actually had done in five days. Wow. Pretty intense. That's what Blue Tech's but, for, man. <laughs> no, that's that's that was amazing to watch, man. And I know, like, I'm not alone saying this like that was fucking amazing to watch dude definitely I, it was it was fun it was a challenge personal challenge and it was just it was a blast i really enjoyed doing it it, it you know luckily thankfully i have a super amazing girlfriend who is so incredibly supportive of of this hobby because she knows that i'm, I'm so passionate about it like i've been doing it since 2012 amen to that out her i wouldn't be able to do any of this so it, it, that's yeah. where it all started for me is having a super supportive, you know, uh, woman in my corner that allows me to do this and spend a lot of time on this and really to knock out those warlords. Cause Jesus, it was go to work, come home, kiss the kids, eat dinner, go paint. And it was repetitive for, <laughs> and I also squeeze in a couple other things as well. I mean, I, I was still painting some stuff for my Imperial fist. So I, I didn't take any pictures of everything I painted that week, but it was, it was actually more than just the two warlords. I actually knocked out a bunch of stuff that week. Damn. Intense. Well, yeah, you, no, it was, you're a fucking champ. The whole yeah, fully painted for closers type deal thing that, that all the eye of horse guys, you know, they, and that's another thing that I really love about 30 K. Like, Nobody wants to play with unpainted shit. Right, I mean, you right. don't want to be that guy. 
insanely motivated to try out that stupid termite. I got it from Forge World, went up to my room at Adepticon, and painted that son of a bitch in like two hours. It's like two and a half, three hours to play it, and I was not about to put it on the table with bare resin <laughs> or even primer. Well, it looked fantastic. I, I couldn't believe it. When I was watching Facebook, I'm like, this guy's actually painting the freaking termite at Adepticon, and he's freaking playing it at the same yeah. time. Yeah, it was awesome. And I gave my first painting lesson to Michael Montalongo from RFI during that same live feed. I was I, I showed him how I painted uh, Imperial Fist. Yeah, I watched some that of was, that live feed. That, that, was, that was a lot of fun. That was pretty awesome to watch. Class, man. You know, but it, it just, so many specs and avenues of, of just being able to, to paint for other people, it just gives me a lot of joy. Like, I really enjoy painting this stuff. And my painting style is, is, is it's kind of molded itself into the grim dark whenever I first picked up an airbrush. And I picked up an airbrush in like 2012, 2013. And it's just been grim dark ever since, man. I just, I love painting heresy stuff commission studio i'll do some 40k stuff but my passion lies with horse heresy like a hundred and well dave i mean what i love about working with you man and what i love about your style is that you know you're so transparent right like you're you're like hey man i'm gonna i'm gonna paint up a warlord here's here's how i do that right and you're super transparent about it like there's nothing like secret you know, sauce about it. Um, but at the same time, you know, you get really excited about that, you know, sort of input. And, you know, when I was like, well, I really want, you know, a solar auxilia army that has the options to change out this and this and this, you were like, dude, got it. You know, magnets on everything. And that was fucking amazing. And <laughs> yeah, everything, everything, you know, and, and, and so, like, even if I has guns, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Handing out magnets like Oprah. <laughs> Everyone gets magnets. You get magnets. You get magnets. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was so much fun. It was so much fun to work with you, man. And it, I mean, it's been so much fun to work with you. And I feel like you are, you're, you're the kind of guy that's going to eventually. Like you're gonna you're gonna price yourself out of this, dude. Like you you're gonna eventually have too many clients to you know fulfill all the things that you want to do. And so, like, I mean, where does that go? Like, how do we go from here? Because we, I think we're 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 already there in terms of the heresy, right? Like, like uh, there, it seems like there's already a community that that wants fully painted armies, commission based you know, beautifully done on the table. Um, I mean, where do you go? Cause I know you're already booked, right? Like you're booked yeah. until like, like November or something. I, it, it's pretty much closing in on next year. I've, I've, I've got another guy that's actually the, the other guys are, are just repeat clients and they're sending me so much that I'm just, I like to try to over, you know, someone gives me something. I think it'll take a month. I'll give myself two months to do it. So I, sure. I overbook myself a little bit, pretty much solid for the rest of the year. I mean, small things I might be able to fit in, but no armies. Like I'm, I'm booked solid on armies. Uh, I've got so many Titans that are coming up. It's, wow. it's just insane. <laughs> I've got an entire bull coming up and I'm going to be, it sounds like I'm going to be making a, uh, a sinister warlord as well. So I'll be hitting Whoa. Nathan up for ideas. Wow. Whoa. 
I'm Luckily, gonna, I'm going to start my own commission. For me, I look at it like there's so many really good, <laughs> solid commission painters out there that that I, I am not opposed to passing someone on. I mean, there's I'll have I've, I've passed on several jobs to other clients to, from clients uh, to other commission services just because you know I, I help them fulfill their wants and their needs, whether it's me doing it or someone I know doing it. That's pretty awesome. Yep. Yep. Gray label painting. Make a so living five. off of doing off of doing commission service. I'm actually a fleet manager for FedEx at FedEx Ground, so I get to deal with a lot of whiny titty baby drivers, but have enough spare time where I can do this as well. Gotcha. So, Dave, quick yeah, question. Dave, I'm sorry. Um, do you mind if I take this, Jesse? Yeah, go for it. All right. So, I like to paint. I really enjoy it. However, I have gotten painting burnout. I did a commission once. And I did a, a, like 11,000 points of black shields for Brian, right? Ooh, baby Jesus. And I was completely burnt out, and I didn't paint for like three months after that. How do you avoid that kind of stuff with your projects constantly going? I, I do suffer burnout. Like, burnout is a very real thing. And when you're cranking out shit just repetitive, you're going to suffer from it. Try to focus on, for me... The one thing that I got into the hobby with that excited me the absolute most, and that's my that's my bring me back to ground zero type thing. So whenever I start to go through burnout is I'll just chill. I'll kind of slowly, gradually pull myself back, and then I'll reinvigorate myself by painting what, to me, excites me the most, and that's Mechanicum. Like, I'll start okay. painting Mechanicum, and then I get just fucking super excited and super pumped again, and then I'm like, all right, let's do this, you know? I, if I did nothing but clients work, yeah, I, I don't know how I could mentally <laughs> continue. So I, I have to sprinkle in a little bit of my own things, and that's what keeps me excited about the hobby. Right. Uh, that was exactly going to lead into my next question is, do you take breaks between clients? I know you said you overbook yourself, right? So during that overbooking period, or ra rather than pushing another customer's project forward, are you taking that time for yourself to work on anything for you? I'll take like, let's just say a typical week. Uh, during a typical week, this week started out, we'll take last week, sorry. Let's take last week, last week, for example. I started out working on a Revenant Titan for a one of my 40K clients. And then I will sprinkle in some, like two days into it, I'll sprinkle in some of my own stuff, which at the time I thought I was going to do Night Lords, but that's neither here nor there. And then I'll jump back on it. I'll, I'll jump around from jobs, a whole lot of burnout. Because I'm constantly mixing it up. I'll have three or four jobs going at once, and that helps me doing a lot of burnout because I, I'm not working on the same shit all the time. Okay, that's very good. Um, another question I have from commission side of thing. What do you do if you have a customer who doesn't follow through with payment? So, like, let's say they said, I want a 1,500-point army. I don't know what your plan is. Like, do you make your client pay beforehand, or do they pay, a, pay upon completion? Have you ever had that i know some commissioners will uh do a once it's done you pay sort of thing and if they have clients who don't pay will they end up just selling that army on ebay or something like that is that something you do or how does your system work i've been i'm like knocking on all kinds of wood around me i'll <laughs> knock on the floor i have not <laughs> ran into that issue the way i work is I don't require any deposit client will either send me their models or i don't have any issues with purchasing the models from Forge World if they send me the money. And what that does is if there's any issues with resin or any issues with miscasting or a wrong item sent, 
then I can go directly to Forge World and work out this problem, and then yeah. just totally let my let my client not even have to worry about it. Well, that's uh, that, I'm not, I'm not sure how m- most commission services do it. I just found what worked for me. I, I looked at my commission service like, how would I want to commission something? How would I want my experience to be if I'm commissioning something? Be as worry free, trouble free as possible. So I'll do that, provided that the client would you know doesn't mind sending me the money for the models. I'll order the models. I'll, you know, I provide proof of, of the receipts whenever I buy stuff. Like, hey, I, I'm I'm 100 transparent on anything that has to do with that, and I don't require any deposit. I don't ask for any money up front for the paintwork. You know, I might ask for you know for magnets or stuff like that. I might ask for money or as any real cost. I may ask for that up front, but I like to get paid on the backside. I like for my clients to be able to see a completed job, several pictures of it. And then if they're happy with it, then I'll then I, that's when we go through payment. And uh, like I said, I've never had any issues has come up, and that's I don't know how the hell I deal with that. But it looks like I'd be yeah. have my have myself a new army. Apparently, <laughs> put it on the yeah. shelf. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. if it's yeah. something, if it's a financial thing that happened that, that, that they had no way of foreseeing, you know, I would work with them. You know, I'm I'm, I'm not I'm not a complete dick. But, so that's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, the, I, thank you for that. Um, and I'm not sure also, have you guys discussed uh, your pricing model? How did you, if you don't mind talking about that, I don't know if you have a taboo against talking about that, um, but how did you come up with your pricing model and what is it? First started doing pricing for stuff. I was just so excited and happy to be doing it that I was lowballing the, the hell out of myself and, and charging only $5 a Marine. Okay. Oh, wow. that's, exactly, everything. that's exactly what I did. And I was like, oh man, this is... Pretty cheap, I feel like, you know? Yeah, two two commissions into it, and you're like, damn it, man, I'm making like $4 an hour. Um, but what I've, what I've, right now, it's pretty much whatever the cost of the model is, is what I charge to paint it. So if if a, if a uh, contemptor's like 70 bucks in Forge World, that's what I charge to paint it. Hmm. The industry standard, it's whatever the cost of the kit is, is what they charge to paint. Uh, now, is magnetization it, is a little bit of a different fee because there is a lot more time invested in 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 drilling things out, making sure things right, and making sure things fit correctly. So, mindset that is built and paint, right? I don't. I I worked for a commission service once before, and he would, you know, everything was separate charges. And again, I'm I'm looking at like what I would want to know if I'm paying someone to do my shit, how much it's going to be, mm-hmm. and go from there. So gotcha. I just include assembly and painting all in one go. Gotcha. Very good. Um, do you have, I know there's other companies, I don't mean to hijack an interview or anything like that, but there's a lot of questions I want to get, I want to get off my chest. Um, sorry about that, David D. No, you're good, man. Go ahead. Um, so there's other commissions uh, out there who do scales, right? So, you know, the cheapest one you'll get uh, just like Zenithal highlighting and just gravel on the base, right? Do you do a scaled system like that or do you just always give it your best that you want to give it and that's the price that you get, and that's the result you'll get. I do scales. It, it's it's I paint to one level, and that's high tabletop. Nice. Uh, I've I've never really I think once or twice, and I just didn't like it. I look at the model, and I'm like, man, it looks. I don't really like the way that looks. Right. If you the model is not I, in it, exactly. Right? If I'm not happy with the way the model looks when it crosses my bench, I'll strip it and start over. I just to do scales. You know, like I, I'm taking on a uh, another painter. Who's helping me out with uh, which I'm sending him a lot of the 40k stuff that comes my way. Actually, like all the 40k stuff that comes my way now, I'm giving to him, 
and he he approached me about scales. Well, why don't you do it like scales, like such and such over in Poland? And I'm like, well, I don't I don't want to deal with that. It's just simpler to say, hey, this is what's going to cost. This is what's going to look like. You know, this like is it. this is the example of what it's going to look like. It, it's so much easier in the long run, I think. Yeah, and people can look at it and say, hey. That's Dave quality right there. I want the Dave quality. I don't want to buy a scale of Dave. I want all of Dave. You know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? Yeah, the whole Dave. <laughs> all of all I have to give to you. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that a lot. I like that where you... I want the whole Dave. About, the whole Dave, nothing but the Dave. <laughs> you care all about the end product. You because at the end of it, that product on the table is your advertisement pretty much, right? I like to be able to go... It, 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 it never really hit me until this Adepticon. Like I, I've been to events out of town. Like I've always go to Adepticon. That's always been my one thing that I go to. Well, now I'm going to try to go to more things. But it, it hit me this past Adepticon as I'm walking around. I'm like, wow, I, I painted that. That, you know, it, it, there was there was a lot of things that I painted at Adepticon. It just blew my mind. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we had a taste of that at the muster, where David looked over at a guy who had custodes that looked just like his, and he said, hey. Where, where'd you get those custodes from? You know, come to find <laughs> yep. out, man. All Dave. Well, that's really good. Thank you. I appreciate you answering my questions. Those were some things I uh, had written down that I wanted to address. So I appreciate you taking the time for me. Um, you know, there you go. Uh, what else did, uh, David, you want to talk about? Oh, by the yep. way, Dave, I never got to in person, verbally, thank you for the uh, Coronas Grav Carrier. That was an amazing deal. And uh, that oh, yeah. kit is not easy to put together at all. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, man. I, I'm glad that it went to a good home. And thank you, Dave, for the <laughs> sisters, acquisitors, 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 the floating black dune crawlers. Thank you for the sisters. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you get whenever I, you get to see what I do with a lot of my commission money. The money I make off commission, I just throw it right back at my hobby. There you like, go. Yeah, I buy absolutely. armies, and then I get ADD again, and then I just turn around and sell them, and you know, I lose money on them, but. If it's going back into the hobby and people are, you know, if I'm helping the hobby in any type of way at all, then that's fine with me. I don't see it as a loss. Yeah. Well, again, I appreciate it. Okay. I actually I actually bought some Solar Auxilia models from Dave before I even knew what who Black Label Painting was. I just thought it was some random guy on on uh, the on Facebook, and I bought models from him. I was like, oh, sweet. And then uh, someone's like, yeah, uh, Dave Sampson, Black Label. I've got Army. I was like, Wait, that that name rings a bell. And then I went back through my Facebook message history. I was like, "Hey, I had an encounter with this guy. <laughs> Shit, what a small world!" And then now I'm like, "Dude, I think it's a rite of passage that everybody has to have something <laughs> Dave Sampson's." Like, yeah, yeah. In it, RVA, it, you've got to have it if you want to be in the club. <laughs> terrible because I can't. It's like all the guys, my local guys, they're like, "Dude, you can't keep nothing, can you?" I'm like, "No, <laughs> I can't," and it's terrible. And stop talking to me about it. Mm. <laughs> It's I I can't like once I paint an army I either have to I, I pretty much just sell it. it it's just my personal it, it, for I whenever I I look at this because I always feel like I can do better like the natural progression of painting whenever you start with something and then the end product of the rest of the army you're like shit well this three quarters over here looks a little different and and I know where all the imperfections are, that are one my with my paintwork maybe that's what I gotta do I've got like. 7,000 points worth of Dark Angels, and I started with a fairly low skill in painting. And I've, I myself, I realize and I see it, I've worked my way up as far as skill goes, and maybe that's what I need to do. I just need to get rid of my older stuff and just bring in new stuff and just keep that staircase, just keep going of skill. 
a, st- a staircase of, just, uh, of financial yeah. burden and skill. Yes, <laughs> that's right. If don't do it. It's a sickness. Oh boy. <laughs> but it's just a natural progression that bugs me. That's why I can't really keep a hold of anything. I, I'm I'm so ADD with my with my armies and, and obsessive with certain things. I guess you could say I'm so. OCD at the same time, and it's fucking terrible. Well, I think Rob is the same way. Where and you can see it in these projects. He'll do like a two thousand point army, play it a couple times, sell it, and the next one is going to be better than that last one. So rather than like have the the skill improve throughout the army, and you see it, he's just like every army you see is a drastic improvement from the previous one, which is crazy because I think he's a great painter as it is. But yeah, Rob is our guy, local, who does that. Uh, yeah, well, he he understands me how I feel a hundred percent. Then, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I al- I also Wait, uh, Will. I was about to say, Will's uh, somewhat I'll famous for it, building, painting but... beautiful armies, and then just selling them and starting over again. Yeah, I think this is my third time I've done custodes, Dave. <laughs> I'll do like 2,000 points and then I'll sell them because the army will, like you said, it'll improve and I'll be like, man, like, I want to have the rest of these dudes not looking like these guys, you know? Or I want to try a new gold recipe or something like that, you know? And then I, I painted my cu- my first Custodes army, I painted all black and I played it, I built it, painted it because let's face it, I'm not playing this shit unless it's painted. Yeah, holy absolutely. Holy flog my buddy and I felt like shit. And I was like, all right, I'm selling this. <laughs> it's just because I, I I built the army. I I didn't know how to self regulate it because I was new with it. I didn't invest the time into actually looking at what I was building. I was just grabbing shit that I thought was cool, like I do with most of my armies. Sure, sure, yeah. So and, and, and inadvertently, cool. I made a uber dick army. Like general, as long as they self regulate, they're fine. Don't be scared exactly. of them. They're fine. That's right. Like like Will said, don't hit the player. Or, yeah, don't hit the game. Hate the player? Yep, right. that, was that was it. Yep, yep. <laughs> but, yeah, Dave, I really appreciate it, man. You get a lot of good insight. And I know we've had a couple people ask recently in our chat who are thinking about doing a commission piece for a friend or something like that. And they ask me, because I've done that one commission uh, that was really big for Brian. But I'm like, I'm not an expert by any means. So I'm really happy that we were able to get you on here and get, you know, professional advice on that that's good stuff i appreciate it thank you whereas anytime man i i'm open for anyone you're gonna hit me up out of the blue you know I, i'm totally cool with helping anyone out about anything like that yeah, and i also think you're definitely a resident like plug we're con- we uh, we're constantly trying to get people to go to you so we're sorry that you are so booked and if people keep harassing you for work, man. yeah whenever i started listening to y'all and i heard you know i heard y'all talking about me i was like this is fucking awesome because i like yeah. That whole first time, we a lot like, of that guy Dave's an asshole, though, so let's not. And we were like, oh, <laughs> shit, he might be listening to this. we got to change it. That's perfect. That's the that's what I strive for, some asshole from Tennessee. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's still, any of the podcasters say my name, it just trips me out. I, I'm still crazy new to me, you know, even though I've been doing this for a l- good little while. Uh, How long, if you don't mind me asking, or does a... Uh, commission for the, the commission side, I think I've been doing that... I think it was 2014s when I started doing commission. Uh, but the hobby side, I've been I've been enthralled with this gaming since 1993. Like I, I'm like everyone else. Like it's crazy to me, but most of the heresy guys are old fantasy players, and that's you know that's I, I, I started out playing fantasy. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm the weird one. I only started back in 2014, so huh. 
yeah, man, I walked into a Games Workshop store and saw, like, 7th Edition had just been released, and I was like, oh, what's this? And they're like, this is a perfect time to get in the game. And I was like, all right, let me buy Tau. Yeah, man. Damn, I thought I was young with the 6th Edition, baby. Oh. I had no idea. Huh. Yeah, I'm the puppy of the group, for sure. (laughs) I I didn't start playing... I didn't really start playing 40K. Like, I I dabbled with it back in the late 90s, but I didn't really start playing 40K until 5th Edition. And... Like I was, you know, me and my buddy, because I had this one buddy that we played fantasy, like just that one, one, one cat. We clicked. We both had the same ideology about playing these games. We didn't care who won, who lost. We were just having fun rolling dice. Sure. So, would you say then that is your favorite, I guess, edition and version of the game was Warhammer Fantasy Fifth Edition? No, no, Forty uh, K Fifth Edition is when I started. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, gosh, like ninety three. I think that was third edition, wasn't it? What is your uh, all-time favorite edition and, I guess, uh, fantasy 40K, 30K, then? Sixth edition. I loved fa- I loved playing fifth edition because I was a huge Chaos Dwarf player. I loved the damn models. They were stupid looking, but I loved them anyhow. And uh, 40K would probably be... Uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with what we've got now. Uh, eighth, I came yeah, in... That's it, cool to I, hear. Yeah, no, I came I in... He's talking Age of Darkness, Will. What's that? I don't think he's talking Eighth. No, I... Or are you talking? Well, he said Warhammer 40k, so I thought he meant eighth. Let me let me rephrase that. Uh, the current, the the you know, Age of Darkness. Age of Darkness. First of the Age of Darkness. Yes, yes. Okay, gotcha. Because I was like, man, I didn't know Dave played 40k too. That's interesting. That dude's well rounded. <laughs> I I didn't quite. 2000. Whenever whenever I seen the Thanatar and when that model come out, I was like, I want everything about that. That I had to play a separate game. I was like, all right, well, I'm done with this 40k game. Yeah. <laughs> <Together>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that was me with the uh, Iron Hands um, Immortals. I saw those. I, I don't remember how I even got onto Forge World's website. I think I like saw people playing with Space Marines in a, a, a local game store, and I was like, I Googled Space Marines, and Forge World came up or something like that. And then I was just scrolling through kits, and I saw the Iron Hand Immortals, and I was like, this is the fucking army I'm going to start right away. Yeah, yeah, the Immortals are badass. Anything I just remember I, the, uh, the ad in the old Boy's Life magazine. The Boy's Life magazine, yeah. Yeah, they had yeah. Warhammer in the back with all the little crazy ads. Did they really? With the, with the gag gifts and things, and then there was Warhammer 40K. Seriously? Oh, man. Yeah, it was crazy. And then, like, ten years later, I walk into a game store, and it's like, oh, shit. I remember reading. I remember. I remember seeing those. So, <laughs> to a hobby store in like ninety three, ninety four, and they just came out with the. Or it was the box set that had the 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 high elves and the orcs and goblins in it. It was a long yeah. time ago. And <laughs> Island of Blood. No, no, Assault no. It was way- on the Crag on Black Reach edition. I forget the name of it. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. No, none of those. None of those. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I remember picking well, up. That and a box of halberdiers, and I brought them home, and oh my god, if I could have them now, they look like absolute and total hammered ass. Whenever I painted, <laughs> they look terrible. I brush painted for years, and when I picked up the airbrush, it was night and day. It was like I went from years of owning all these fantasy armies and never having a painted army to I'm cranking out painted armies once a month. Whenever I picked up the airbrush, yeah, no, getting an airbrush earlier this year or earlier last year it changed the hobby for me like it was there's listen to this if anyone out there is listening to this and they're they're on the fence about picking up an airbrush i'm don't do it just just go for it and go buy the damn thing don't yep. think about it 
don't don't any of that. Just grab it and go. Yeah. Don't be scared. And, don't be exactly. scared. Just jump into it because after a little bit of time, try it out on a model or two. Once you get the hang of it, you'll be like, I can't believe I ever painted without one. If I only could have grabbed a hold of an airbrush back in the in mid nineties, right? <laughs> Like everyone else, I was scared of them. I was like, ah, oh, it's you got to change this. You're such a pain in the ass. And now I'm sitting here and I've got six airbrushes all lined up, ready to go. And I'm like, I couldn't ever not paint. <laughs> For sure. Sure. Well, well, I guys- think a lot of it is ignorance. Um, it, you know, I don't want to call a buddy out, uh, but Steven, uh, he was <laughs> under the call impression out. that uh, even the fine detail that we were doing were we were doing with an airbrush and it was like no no you you use the airbrush and you can still you you use your other brushes too like, yeah he was like how, how do you guys get the shoulder savage? trim done like, he's like how do, how do you guys you guys do the shoulder trim with airbrush i'm like whoa wait that'd be amazing if you could do like <laughs> shoulder trim with an airbrush like i'm sure i, I know some of those like 0.01 uh, millimeter airbrush get really fine lines, but I still don't think you'd be able to do entire models with just airbrush like that. You're going to have to do a brush eventually. Yeah. A cheat where you can do almost all of a model. It's called silly putty. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, guys, 20. it's, um, we are running two hours and it yeah, been, this is our longest episode. Yeah. Yeah. It has been a fantastic time. Uh, Dave Sampson from black label painting, we have had a great time with you today and hope that maybe in the future you'd come and join us again because we've had an man, excellent time. Anytime. Anytime. I appreciate you all, man. Anytime. Fantastic. Awesome. Uh, does anybody got any some plugs they want to plug in before we uh, close this episode? Uh, well, again, Lancaster Painting. If you want to see my work there, I'm doing custodes now. So if you're looking for that, you can see them there. Fantastic. How about uh, Dave Dennett? Dave D. Hey, man. You guys, you're following along. Doing the right thing. Later. Awesome. <laughs> hey, Robbie, got any plugs? Yeah, I'd like to plug Grade Label Painting. It's a 5% decrease in uh, Dave's prices with a 75% decrease in quality. Uh, hit me up. Um, it's a two-year turnaround, and I look forward to your correspondence. Awesome. Dave from Black Label uh, Painting, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, man. Um, check out my page on Facebook. You know, Just give it a like. You know, if you want to, if you want to talk to me about a commission, you can. If not, no worries. Just toss me a like. I'll be happy with that. Uh, and that is black label painting. Is that the full page name? Full painting at Facebook, or whatever it is. You know, the slashes and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool, man. Thank I you. Also, I also, I also, okay, shameless plug. I also have a Patreon. There, there you go. go. That's what we Check want. Out. That's the kind of plugs we want. We want there to hear you your Patreon. Do you have like a Twitter or an Instagram or anything like that people can follow you on? I have Instagram as well, and that's black label painting. You can just search that and find me on there. And my Patreon is also Black Level Painting at Patreon. Uh, I do a lot of, uh, I, I record at least four videos. I try to do at least four videos a month where I just give you guys the inside. I do certain things and I walk through processes and all that. It's still kind of new to me. I'm, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out, but uh, it's definitely a lot of fun. Well, that's do you have awesome. any uh, custom tutorials on there by chance? If I do have a gold one on there. Gold? Not, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's, that's all I need. Yeah. Uh, well, you might have a new patron then. Maybe we'll see. All right, <laughs> awesome. awesome. Yep, I'd like to thank uh, Peeps and Crack and Rum. Thank you guys. This has been a fantastic episode. I've really enjoyed myself. From everybody here at the Remembrances Retreat, everyone have a good time. Have a good night. 
Yep. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye